Due to the graphic nature of this cult's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of stalking, assault, and attempted abduction that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. On a cool September morning in 2003, 34-year-old Joyce Haney pulled up to her home in Cherville, Indiana. She stepped out of her car and headed for her front door. As she walked up the path, a man rushed up from behind and began beating her. She struggled and yelled, trying to escape the man's clutches. A neighbor heard the altercation and phoned 911, and help was desperately needed as her assailant pulled out a stun gun and shocked her. The man attempted to drag Haney into his van, but she kept fighting back. Eventually, a woman joined in to help subdue her. But in a split second, Haney was able to break from their grasp. As she fled, she realized she knew her attackers. The man was her 35-year-old ex-boyfriend of 15 years, Raymond Lear. Even more bizarre was the fact that his accomplice was none other than his 67-year-old mother. Hi, I'm Greg Polson. And I'm Vanessa Richardson. And this is Cults, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we look at a cult's practices, their leader, and their followers. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This week in a one-part episode, we'll focus on the story of an Illinois man named Raymond Elwood Howard Lear. An unsuccessful politician and failed internet business magnate, Lear reinvented himself as the second coming of Christ. We'll learn about the church that Lear founded in 2011, called the Ecumenical Order of Christ, and his current identity as Lord Rael, the returned Messiah. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Unfortunately, not much is known about Raymond Elwood Howard Lear's childhood or early life. We do know that he dropped out of high school. It seems that he attempted to secure his GED at some point, but didn't finish the process. We also know that Raymond started a relationship with Joyce Haney in 1988, when he was about 20. Little else about Raymond's early life is known for sure. However, he did leave a sizable online footprint in the 90s. In 1996, when he was 28 years old, he attempted to become a magnate in gambling, pornography, and the promotion of sex work. In December 1996, Raymond posted in various Google groups claiming to be the media director of a magazine called Raunch, who was looking for models. It's unclear if this venture ever got off the ground, because three years later, Raymond reinvented himself. In July 1999, Raymond posed as a 32-degree master Freemason, looking for another Mason to invest in an online casino business. It's likely that his persona as a Mason was fictitious. 
Raymond consistently made a habit of lying and trying to make himself seem powerful and deserving of respect. However, it's safe to assume that Raymond wasn't able to become the high-rolling gambling tycoon that he dreamed of. Just a few years later, he made a very public launch into a completely different type of career. In yet another grab for power, 34-year-old Raymond ran as a Democrat in the 2002 primary election for the Illinois 5th Congressional District. He produced a campaign video which eerily foreshadowed other videos he'd make in the future. It opened with overly loud, bombastic music. An intensely focused photo of Raymond stared right at the viewer, his green eyes popping under his almost comically arched eyebrows. The music threatened to overpower the narration, which began with an almost William Shatner-esque cadence. My name is Raymond Lear, and I'm here to help. In the video, he presented a carefully cultivated image as a crime-fighting patriot with military ties. Raymond said his father, Raymond Lear Sr., was a World War II Navy veteran, and his mother, Ruth, ran a program that helped keep city kids off the streets and in school. Raymond implied that he started an organization called the U.S. Naval Sea Cadet Corps and took credit for influencing thousands of children to stay away from drugs and lives of crime. However, the Corps was founded six years before Raymond's birth. Raymond also claimed to have been the commander of the Chicago chapter of the Guardian Angels, a volunteer group that patrolled city streets preventing crime. Raymond asserted, what people know me best for is fighting crime and injustice. In fact, Raymond was actually a member of the Guardian Angels, but not the commander of the group. Raymond also said that he had worked with the Department of Defense for 20 years, and that he was an expert in biological defense and counterterrorism. This seems highly unlikely, considering Raymond was 34 at the time, meaning he would have started working for the government when he was only 14. Vanessa is going to take over on the psychology here and throughout the episode. Please note, Vanessa is not a licensed psychologist or a psychiatrist, but she has done a lot of research for this show. Thanks, Greg. So why would Raymond portray himself in uniforms or with titles he may not have earned? Psychoanalyst Phyllis Greenacre, who worked at the New York Psychoanalytic Institute, published an article called The Imposter in the Psychoanalytic Quarterly in 2011. Greenacre stated that an imposter may impose on others fabrications of his accomplishments by presenting himself with a fictitious name, history, and other items of personal identity, either borrowed or fabricated according to some imaginative conception of himself. Greenacre said that making false assertions or grossly implausible claims can be done in the hope of material gain or power. The lack of hard facts about his upbringing left Raymond free to fill the gaps however he liked. His campaign as Ray the Angel Lear, a reference to being a guardian angel, may have been the first time he tried to associate himself with something invoking religion. Perhaps as a reaction to perceived rejection from the world of vice, his campaign highlighted the city's corruption. It featured a melange of provocative and fear-mongering news clips about the city. A 2002 Chicago Tribune article reported that he only garnered 1.2% of the total votes, which numbered 1,079. Even though Lear's political campaign was a failure, he still had some ventures on the back burner. Using a company called The Lear Group, he reportedly bought some gambling and adult URLs. 
According to several different research-based blogs aimed at debunking false profits, Raymond purchased Mondomillion.com, PreacherAndProstitute.com, and PayForPlay.net, among others. PayForPlay.net was described as Chicago's most innovative and unique escort service. The PreacherAndProstitute.com website actually showed Raymond, still recognizable from his campaign video, on the left side of the page, although he now called himself Reverend Ray. On the right was a topless woman, a VIP escort named Ashley. Together, they ran an advice column answering readers' questions from their differing perspectives as a reverend and a sex worker. The website was simply a continuation of Raymond's obsession with impersonating uniformed positions of power. He had expanded to impersonating the clergy, a grim foreshadowing of his later career as a cult leader. But at the time, the masquerade was likely just a business move for his website. These websites were Raymond's greatest business successes, and for a while it seemed he was enjoying life. But just the next year, Raymond's life took a dramatic turn. His girlfriend, Joyce Haney, had been perhaps the only constant in his life for 15 years. But while Raymond experimented with different personas and careers, his relationship was failing. At some point, Haney decided to sever her ties to Raymond. She found her own place and moved out, hoping to start anew. Raymond found this devastating and unacceptable. He couldn't handle the rejection from the only woman he'd had a long-term relationship with. He didn't want to let her go, and he needed to show her how much she meant to him and how much he needed her. On September 5th, 2003, 35-year-old Raymond and his mother tried to kidnap Haney, after Haney escaped the attempted abduction and fled, the duo called authorities themselves, accusing Haney of attacking them with the stun gun they used on her. When the officers responded to the scene, they discovered fuzzy handcuffs, gloves, a sledgehammer, a BB gun, walkie-talkies, and a ski mask in their van. Raymond and Ruth were charged with felony criminal confinement and felony battery. After a month in jail and a lowering of his bond, Raymond was back on the streets. Haney had served him a protection order legally requiring him to stay away, but he wasn't about to let that stop him. After stewing over his failed abduction, Raymond had a new plan to use another false persona. He visited a bail recovery agent claiming to be a senator. He attested that Haney was being held by drug dealers as a sex slave. He used his pseudo-authority to intimidate the agent, insisting that he capture Haney and then fly her to Mexico. There, Raymond claimed he was going to check her into a detox clinic for her own good. But it wasn't difficult for the bail agent to fact-check Raymond's claims. Once he figured out that Raymond wasn't really a senator, he called the police. When officers arrived, they arrested Raymond again. For once, Raymond wasn't able to get away with impersonating someone more impressive than himself. The authorities charged Raymond with stalking and conspiracy to commit confinement and was held in Lake County Jail. On May 14, 2004, Raymond, now 35, pleaded guilty to one charge of battery. In exchange for the plea, the state agreed to drop all other charges, including those against his mother. Raymond served only 18 months behind bars and was released on March 29, 2005, and placed on probation. 
five weeks later, Haney was visiting her mother in her nursing home when Raymond showed up. Haney immediately called the authorities, and they arrested Raymond yet again. Raymond was sentenced to serve 166 days in jail in Cook County for violating Haney's protective order. While Raymond served time, he appeared in court for the stalking and conspiracy charges. When Haney spoke on the stand, she doubled down against Raymond and said she was terrified of him. She explained that she felt like a prisoner who couldn't escape from his clutches. Haney said she lived in constant fear that Raymond would try to kidnap her again. She pointed out that he had indeed come back for her again and again, and she feared for her life. Haney's feeling of helplessness and frustration with law enforcement is not uncommon in stalking situations. Researchers Paul E. Mullen and Michelle Paffe point out that psychological effects suffered by stalking victims are the same as for victims of other traumas, mainly PTSD. And because stalkers can return repeatedly, a feeling of a loss of control is normal. Mullen and Paffe conclude, Stalking victims live in a state of persistent threat, with associated symptoms that may be more enduring than the harassment itself. And Haney had definitely experienced that, with Raymond returning to harass and threaten her, despite the order of protection against him. The jury sided with Haney, and the judge sentenced Raymond to five years in prison. This time, his prison sentence seemed to have finally turned him into a changed man, but perhaps not for the better. He'd had years to come up with a new business plan, a new life for himself. By the time he got out, his focus had shifted away from the personal life of Raymond Elwood Howard Lear. Raymond had a new plan to make money, garner respect and adoration, and it even came with a new uniform. This time, Raymond laid claim to a new persona entirely, Lord Rael, the second coming of the Messiah. Coming up, Raymond announces his arrival as the return of Jesus Christ and establishes his ministry online. Hi, listeners. If you haven't had a chance to check out the podcast Conspiracy Theories, there's no better time to dig into this mysterious Spotify original from Parcast. Every Monday and Wednesday, hosts Molly and Carter take a curious look at some of the most questionable and questioned happenings in history. Some of my favorite episodes include their gripping four-part special on the Oklahoma City bombing, the cryptic death of Edgar Allan Poe, and the alleged secrets and schemes of the Bush family. But trust me, there are so many more fascinating episodes of Conspiracy Theories available for you to start binging. You won't be disappointed. From the craziest controversies to possible cover-ups, they leave no stone unturned and no skeptic unheard. Because the truth is, Sometimes there's more to a story than just the truth. Follow Conspiracy Theories free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the story. By early 2011, 42-year-old Raymond Lear was out of prison and ready to start his new life. This online venture was similar to his past attempts in some ways. He had a website and a few promotional videos. This time, however, he wasn't looking to become an elected official. This time, he wanted souls. It all began on January 28, 2011, when various viral videos purportedly showed a UFO over Jerusalem. The video showed a bright light hovering over the Dome of the Rock on Temple Mount. 
Then it traveled downward toward the holy shrine. Moments later, the light quickly shot back into the sky at awe-inspiring speed. On his new website, Raymond, now going by Lord Rael, explained the visitation. Lord Rael claimed that he traveled to Earth on a spacecraft and that he was actually the second coming of Jesus Christ. In his words, this is what happened. When his Holy Spirit descended from the clouds in the Middle East, it entered our realm with a flash like lightning and instantly traveled to the West to join with the Son of Man, Rael. But the prevailing opinion from such sources as Discover Magazine and Live Science was that the phenomenon was merely a hoax. One factor is that aside from whomever the unknown videographer was, no one else in Jerusalem reported seeing this very bright and unusual object in the sky. There were also visual clues that pointed to the video being a digital fake, a video processing effect known as motion tile that replicates the movement of a shaky handheld camera was found. Analysis discovered that the edges of the video were mirrored, which confirmed that it was tampered with. Unsurprisingly, Lord Rael simply denied that the video was a hoax. He used it as evidence that Raymond Elwood Howard Lear was reborn as the leader of what he called the Ecumenical Order of Christ at that moment. He referred to his life before the arrival of the ship as before the Holy Spirit joined with him. Lord Rael's first formal address to the world arrived on May 21, 2011, via a YouTube account called Christ Has Returned. He quoted Revelation 19.15, From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He spoke in a very different accent than we heard in his campaign video. He now sounded like a parody of a Renaissance Fair actor delivering his best Shakespeare with a tinge of Sean Connery. He introduced himself saying, My children, I am Rael. I am your king and I am your lord. And I have arrived as promised. He railed against incarceration and drug use, threatened to darken the sun, and referred somewhat ominously to a harvest that had begun. The rest of the video followed the same format as his campaign video did, with overly loud music, although this time of a more inspiring, holy-sounding sort. Next was a collage of apocalyptic images, culminating this time with a different photo of him. In this image, his hair is long and flowing, and he's wearing a white robe, staring intently at the viewer. His soft, focused visage got imperceptibly closer as he continued to claim he was the second coming. But it seemed that a lot of people were skeptical of the news that the Messiah had returned. Rael's next video, posted a week later, was a reaction to mocking comments on his first video. He quoted what viewers said, including, I don't like his accent, what's with the hair, and he's too fat. In reference to these barbs, Lord Rael said, Please open your Bible and show us when that ever turned out well. He complained that humankind was just as wicked and ungrateful as we were 2,000 years ago. Then his tone took an even more apocalyptic turn, with an added echo sound effect layered onto his pseudo-British-accented voice. With an amusing similarity to his previous campaign video, he threatened his critics with judgment and punishment while showing fear-mongering news clips of recent violent tornadoes. Lord Rael claimed that he sent damaging twisters to the Christians of America's Bible Belt. 
in response to hurtful comments left on his YouTube video. Then he took his power grab further and officially revoked the power of priesthood from any existing Christian clergy. He declared the church age to be over and that from then on only his word as the living God should be worshipped. Lord Rael didn't only exist on YouTube. Shortly after uploading videos, he extended his ministry to his own website, as well as Facebook and Twitter. He wanted to be the true internet deity for modern times. On his website, he took credit for having performed miracles, such as curing drug addicts and healing diseases and disabilities. However, he didn't provide any examples or evidence. In addition to the tornadoes, Lord Rael claimed to punish sinners with meteorological and astronomical events. He threatened anyone he disapproved of with phenomena such as volcanoes and solar flares. He argued that his power was proven and known. As the other evidence page on his website stated, it simply doesn't leave room for doubt. Lord Rael's teachings garnered hundreds of followers, and they would primarily be disseminated through YouTube videos, likes, and shares. Instead of worshipping side-by-side side with a community, as in a church or temple, the adoration of Lord Rael was done while alone at the computer with a virtual community. Lord Rael explained to his followers that his name was Rael and not Jesus because, before the Holy Spirit joined with him, his human name was Raymond Elwood, which is properly truncated to Rael. But just because Raymond had joined with the Holy Spirit to become God didn't mean he was able to avoid legal troubles. In November of 2012, the Indiana Department of Corrections posted a warrant for the 44-year-old's arrest online. The warrant stated that he was wanted for delinquency. This could have meant anything from unpaid parking tickets to something much more serious like tax evasion. It didn't seem to catch up with him, though, and Lord Rael continued posting his YouTube sermons. With each video, he slowly built his following, which now numbered in the thousands. But it wasn't only in likes and reacts he collected. Followers of Lord Rael tithed regularly. The tithing page on his website included PayPal links and a QR code for subscribers who preferred to donate in Bitcoin. If they contributed, they were promised the equal value in return in a currency called GodCoin. God being an acronym for Gold On Demand. GodCoin used blockchain technology. With every financial offering, followers were issued GodCoin tokens into a GodCoin wallet. Lord Rael claimed that GodCoin was actually the mark of the beast described in the Bible, and it would soon be the world's only monetary system. He told his followers that GodCoin would become viable when the network goes live. However, he never said when that would be. Some may find it odd that someone claiming to be the resurrected Christ would be handing out money belonging to the Antichrist. After all, the beast mentioned in Revelation chapter 13 is typically seen as a great evil. But according to Raymond's ecumenical order of Christ, Lord Rael was in fact the beast, and that term is simply a metaphor for his leadership. Rael pointed out that the Bible refers to the Lord as a lamb, which is a beast. He claimed GodCoin would have a standard 666-based barcode system that would be invisibly inked on his followers' foreheads. The mark would link to the user's credit or debit accounts and be scanned to conduct any financial business. 
Lord Rael decreed that God coin will be the legal currency for any transaction, including purchasing leaves from the Tree of Life. Rael declared that these leaves would allow the buyer to remain healthy and alive. He promised them all salvation, health, and wealth in exchange for their very real tithes. And so Rael continued to collect followers and financial contributions. If he even had 1,000 followers who tithed $10 a week, Lord Rael could have easily collected $10,000 with each sermon. It's interesting to note that Godcoin Bank address was in Larnaca, Cyprus, which at the time was known to be a tax haven. Lord Rael succeeded more in his first three years of his church than he did in any other business venture. As the money rolled in, so did the most ardent followers. By the end of 2013, Rael appointed some of his most loyal followers to become bishops, cardinals, and other administrators. Their new status made them feel elite and more willing to do whatever Lord Rael asked. Those were the people he really wanted, the ones who would give up everything for him. And in 2014, Lord Rael made headlines when he found a new star member of his flock. Coming up, an NFL hopeful gives up his football career to become a follower of Lord Rael. Now back to the story. By the beginning of 2014, 45-year-old Lord Rael was well-established online in his role as the second coming of the Messiah. He had both virtual and real-life followers, some of whom had risen to the ranks of bishop or cardinal, and he was about to add one more to his congregation. Adam Muema was a 21-year-old up-and-coming football star with a bright future ahead of him. The San Diego State University running back had so many prospects that he dropped out of college to pursue a career in the NFL. In February 2014, Muema attended the Combine in Indianapolis, where every NFL team went to scout players. It was Muema's chance to fulfill his lifelong dream of being a professional football player, and he was poised to give it his all. But then, after the first day of the Combine, Muema pulled out killing any chance he might have had of being drafted by a major football team. His friends and loved ones were mystified and couldn't think of any reason why he was a no-show. But Muema slowly began explaining on his social media accounts. He said that God had sent him a message telling him to leave the Combine. God said that if he took it easy for a while, that he'd be drafted by his dream team, the Seattle Seahawks. Moema's friends, family, and agent were unaware that he was simply wandering around the Fort Lauderdale airport. They attempted to get in touch with him, but he'd turned his cell phone off and wasn't answering any messages. In another social media post, Muema announced that he was a follower of Lord Rael. He said that Rael had prophesied that the apocalypse would arrive before the football season. After roughly a week of no one knowing his whereabouts, Moema finally called a friend to pick him up from the Fort Lauderdale airport, where he'd been wandering for at least three days. The emphasis placed by Moema on the directives to relax and take it easy is telling. It's possible he was feeling a lot of stress and anxiety about participating in the Combine. He knew it was probably his one chance to realize his pro football career, and everything was riding on it he may have been looking for a way to ease his stress. 
An article on the Mayo Clinic website called Spirituality and Stress Relief Make the Connection states that spiritual beliefs can help people get through stressful times. It can help you focus on what's really important to you, offer connection and community, and release responsibility and control over what happens in your life. It's possible Muema was stretched to his limit and was seeking an outlet for help and support. And while he was open to such influences, he stumbled upon Lord Rael, who was more than happy to add a high-profile follower to his flock. The next month, in March, Lord Rael posted a YouTube video implying that Muema becoming a follower was biblically prophesied. Richard Ruff, one of his cardinals, had discovered what they call a Torah code that predicted an event to occur in February of 2014. According to Lord Rael's website, these codes were hidden messages found in the Torah, which refers to the first five books of the Hebrew Bible. The codes were discovered by feeding every letter of the Torah into a computer and then using specialized software to find a pattern. Much like numerology, this allegedly discovered the existence of names and prophecies that couldn't have been inserted into the Torah by chance. These included the December 2013 Polar Vortex weather event, or Lord Rael's name appearing more than 1,000 times. According to Cardinal Ruff, the name Adam M. was supposedly found in the Torah codes. Because of this, Ruff said that Muema announcing his support of Lord Rael was irrefutable proof that the Torah codes were valid prophecies. It's interesting to note that this prophecy wasn't discovered and publicized before it happened. It was only discussed after Muema joined. Two months after Muema left the Combine, Raw Story published an interview with the former NFL hopeful. He came across a little uncertain about his future and admitted that he hadn't yet had the honor of speaking with his deity, Lord Rael. Muema explained that he was a sinner and not worthy of the interaction. He was devoted, but still, he had lingering regrets. Soon after, Muema tweeted that he missed football. He wrote, why can't a team use me? They can use a person with DUIs, domestic violence, jail records, illiterates, drug addicts, murder cases, OJ, hashtag sigh. Even though Muema didn't land with any team in the NFL, he at least found a place for himself within Lord Rael's order. While the support and worship of the vast majority of his thousands of followers were virtual, there was a small group of faithful elites who together made a pilgrimage to Baja, California, Mexico, to set up a physical headquarters. It was called Sanctuary World Interfaith Mission and was made up of various administrators and ministers, in addition to Lord Rael. Adam Moema was among them. The Baha group said they were preparing for a move to Israel, where they believed that Lord Rael would be crowned and rule for 1,000 years of peace. They referred to Lord Rael as Mashiach, meaning the liberator of the Jewish people based on another finding in the codes. But Rael wasn't content just using the codes for themselves. He wanted to increase cash flow, so the group offered a unique service. For $100, they searched the Torah for any hidden messages or to see if that person's name appeared. On their website, they claimed they used their proprietary software called the Keys to the Bible, which they provided a link to. Strangely, on that link, you could buy the software for yourself for only $55. 
almost half of what they charged for one use of the software. However, you wouldn't get the expertise of one of Rael's followers. There was also a page on the site to send tithes, and the language was startlingly direct. The time remaining is very short, and soon your money will be worthless. While it still has value, put your resources to the greatest of all causes and contribute by clicking on the donations link below. The link led to Lord Rael's website. With what seems to be a windfall of funds, Rael relaxed. In late 2014, he stopped posting to his original YouTube channel. He coasted on his success. A year later, Rael started another channel called the Armageddon Broadcast Network. It gained more than 5,000 followers and continued to spread his original teachings. He kept his main website active, and it featured a helpful calendar listing all the live stream services that followers could attend. From the Baha group, the services were performed by various cardinals in rotation, but never by Lord Rael. One of the cardinals listed on the site was Adam Wema, who also offers personal training sessions. Lord Rael grew his influence on other platforms as well. He amassed 5,000 followers on Twitter. The tweets were a mixture of messages from Lord Rael himself and those from his loyal followers, known as Knights. Tweets from the Knights focused on doomsday messages and information about Torah codes. Some even blamed the coronavirus pandemic on the public's failure to follow Lord Rael. Meanwhile, Lord Rael's tweets were more pop culture oriented, featuring music videos like the Scorpions' Rock You Like a Hurricane and scenes from films like Black Swan. The Lord Rael Facebook page grew even larger than his YouTube account, with more than 11,000 followers. His bio on Facebook read that he was the returned Christ, Lord Rael, also known as the Messiah, Yeshua to the Jews, Isa to the Muslims, and Jesus to the Christians. Most of the photos on his Facebook page were repeated postings of the frequently used photo of Lord Rael with the long hair and the white robe. Some posts would claim responsibility for rainbows and others were simply humorous memes using images from The Shining or Star Trek. It seemed Lord Rael tailored his messages for the times in an attempt to be the social media savior. While people learned to communicate in emojis, memes, and avatars, the Messiah learned to speak the same language. Yet for all his jokes, one Facebook post about him was no joke at all. As recently as August 10, 2018, the Indiana Department of Correction posted the active warrant for 50-year-old Raymond Lear's arrest on Facebook. The post featured the same photo used for the original warrant for delinquency, but they'd updated it to also feature a photo of Lord Rael with his long hair and white robe. He was described in the post as a parole absconder. He has yet to be found and arrested. Today, he is still active online and has tens of thousands of followers all over the world who worship him as a deity. He finally achieved the relevance and authority he was desperate for. But no matter what he claims, he can't escape his past life as Raymond Lear, who today is still a wanted man. Thanks again for tuning into Cults. We'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll see you next time. 
Cults is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Brendan Hawkins. With production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Cults was written by Christine Colby, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon, fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez, and research by Brian Petrus and Chelsea Wood. Cults stars Greg Polson and Vanessa Richardson.